Hey there, triathlete. Welcome to the Triathlete Mindset Podcast, where we explore effective training mindsets, life's challenges, and provide you with real-life strategies to help you become a stronger triathlete. Here is your host, Coach Morgan, the People's Coach. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Coach Morgan here, Triathlete Mindset. We're going to talk to Janelle today, and we're going to talk about turning those dark moments around, right? Those dark moments in life and racing and just how do we deal with it? How do we work past it and how they affect us? And Janelle is Miss Awesome. She's out in Colorado doing the mom thing. And and I really appreciate you taking that time. She ran to the podcast because the mom duties, you multitasking. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm trying to run. So those things, that's the type of people we want on here. People are engaging. And she's going to talk to us today about some experiences she had and how she works through them. Janelle, hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Why? Tell me. Oh, I'm excited. This is exciting. This is even more exciting now. Well, it's been a journey. I've followed you for a while and we had a call a while back and stuff. And I started this where we're at right now, this amazing relationship of mutual athlete, coach, multitasker, bringing awesome into the world. And so I was excited when you reached out and asked me to be a participant. Yeah. And that's what it is. When people say, they say they want to be on the podcast and I'm like, yeah, you may not fit because I don't want everybody. I don't want anybody. And I don't want the people that usually people want on there. I want real people. You're a mom, you're at practice, you're an athlete, you're a coach, and you're trying to get on this podcast. You know how many other moms that exist within triathlon like that? Who talking about that? <laughs> Who talking I don't about think that? There, I don't think there's a lot of people talking about that because I think you get into motherhood and you take that step back. And I found a way to make it work where you can do both. And it really took a lot of prioritizing. And then not only that, but I tried to bring as much as I could home so that I ride on the trainer and my son does his homework on the floor next to me, or he reads books or he does that kind of stuff. And I'm just trying to prove that it can be done. And there's a way to fit triathlon into your life. Yeah. And tell us about you. Who are you as the coach's mom, as the athlete? Tell us a little bit about your people that don't know you. I know you, yeah. but they don't. I'm a mom, obviously, <laughs> and, and a triathlete. I coach triathletes. I coach cyclists. And my two hardest athletes are my family. Like I coach my husband and my son. They do a lot Brave. of bike races, but they're the, definitely the hardest athletes. I coach some swimmers a few days a week as well. And I just love it. I love being around people. I love sharing my experiences with people because yeah. there's always somebody who is where I was five years ago or where I was two months ago or where I hope to be in a year from now. And I feel like I can teach people and educate people, but I can also learn from people a lot too. That's even better because we're talking about dark moments, right? And how we as coaches, as whoever we are, we've done it before. We've gone through it before. So we just are sharing that knowledge, how we got through that dark moment. You can, we probably can all recall a race where we had a hard time or nutrition didn't line up right or pacing was bad, or the weather just went to crap or the fitness you thought you had, it was not really there. And we had to process it. What happened, mm -hmm. right? Did we make it? What did we do up in our mind? You said you work with your husband. Do you mentor him or do you help him through dark moments? We can say as spouse, you, you're supposed to be by his side and all that, but as an athlete, does he bring that hard stuff to you sometimes? Yes. And actually it's funny you should mention that. I told him as his coach, I was never coming to another one of his races again, because the one he, and I'm not like, he does some 
between they've gotten into the gravel racing, but he mm. got his start in winter fat bike ultras and it was his first run at the 160 mile fat bike race. And I had gone out to support him and I got the call at like 1130 at night saying, I'm dropping, I can't do this. And can you come pick me up in a snowstorm in the middle of Wisconsin and it's 20 degrees. And so I drove out to this checkpoint to load him up and do all that kind of stuff. And we got home the next day and he dumped out all of his nutrition on the kitchen counter. And I said, what is that? And he goes, well, this is all my nutrition. And I said, you were supposed to eat that. <laughs> like, You didn't eat anything while you were biking. And he's like, well, no, I just was cold and I wasn't feeling it. And I was just like, it doesn't matter if you're cold and you're not feeling it. You're supposed to, like there should be nothing left. And so I said, I'm not coming to any more of your races anymore. And so the next year he went back and he did it again. And I didn't go with, I stayed home and he was texting me. It's a different world. Winter fat bike ultras are, it's not like triathlon okay. where you can't have that stuff. You have to pack everything you would need to survive. And so he carries his cell phone with me and he was texting at checkpoints and that kind of stuff. And he's like, I don't know I'm feeling I'm like you're finishing this race. And it was way colder that year too. Overnight temps were 30 below zero with the wind chills and he did it. Mm -hmm. He finished, but I just was like, yep, see, I can't come to races because if I come to a race, then that provides you that opportunity that you have it in your head that she's there that and, out. She can come yeah. and yeah, that out and she can come. We experienced that a little bit with my son when he did his first 50 mile race last year how old is your he son played, he's 11 that's what i thought i was saying he said 50 okay i want to hear way more about this you are culture the family but i mean i'm pretty sure in both of these type of events that they do and they have some 11 and he's got dark moments does he even have oh, any? yeah oh yeah definitely some dark moments with him and definitely a different experience when you're dealing with your spouse, I think they handle a little bit more, but he's a typical 10 or 11 year old. And he would have those, I don't want to ride. I don't want to do this. And I would have to put on the coach's hat. I'd be like, this is your coach talking to you, not your mom talking to you right now. You need to get on the bike. And he would go and he would get on the bike and they had their ups and their downs. And I'm not kidding you. They got the worst race day ever. It rained. They had a 30 minute rain delay before the race started. It was in Oklahoma, which is okay. known for clay type dirt. So when it gets wet, it turns to mud and peanut butter. And it's like riding through peanut butter. And we weighed the options of having me meet at the halfway point with snacks and whatnot. And okay. because we, fi we figured if he made it to the halfway point, it was either he was going to keep going, he was committed, or he was going to see mom and he was going to say, I put my bike in the truck, we're going home. And I showed up with a Domino's pizza and a root beer. And he <laughs> ate four slices of pizza and drank that root beer. And he's like, yeah. And he was like, I'm good to go. And he finished the race. It's different in that world too, because they had so many people who didn't finish that race because that peanut butter gets into your chain. It gets into your derailleur. It gets into your gears. People were breaking things. Like people were breaking derailleurs. They, I'm not kidding you. When you pick up your packet, they give you a paint stick to keep in your jersey pocket so you can scrape the mud out of your bike so you can keep going <laughs> that's how you and know it's he, real <laughs> yeah and he finished that race with no brakes it had just eaten through his brakes so bad and so he just coasted into the finish line and he had to take the bike in and get it cleaned up and detailed and put some new brake pads on it but an experience of a lifetime 11 yep was it a gravel race yeah it was a gravel race 11 who was with him he did it with my husband. They trained the whole way through the cycle. I joined him a little bit, but they trained the whole way through the cycle together, and then they finished the race together. Man, I'm just, 
We talk about dark moments today, right? And turning them around. If that didn't mm-hmm. turn your dark moment around, yeah. an 11-year-old is out there getting it in. And kids, they don't really want to do nothing. They want to do everything until it's work to do it. Sounds like adults. <laughs> we want to do it. We want it to be easy. And he was going through the exact same thing. It never, it don't matter who you are. It's always something else you probably would want to be doing or wish you could be doing. Or there are a lot of people that appreciate what they do. And I think that's the piece of it, right? It's appreciation. Kind of what like you were telling me about your story, how you was at a race and you had a different appreciation for life after it, right? And yeah. so tell us that story. I, y'all got pay attention. If you ain't listening, turn this up. If you get look at a video, make sure everybody leave you alone. Let's do it. Yeah, that was a tough race. It was one of those races where it was like everything that probably could go wrong went wrong in terms of physically. I wouldn't say I didn't have any mechanicals or anything like that, but I had actually friends and family who'd come out from, we were living in Minnesota at the time and come out from Minnesota to watch me race. I had a friend who actually registered for the race and came out and raced with me because Morgan, that whole training cycle was bad. I was in my sophomore slump. It was my second Ironman race. I was on the struggle bus that whole way through the training cycle. And that friend saw that in me and he registered for the race and was like, I'm going to do it with you. And I'm not even kidding. 15 Which minutes race? into that. Which this race? Was Iron, Man, we go. Iron Man Boulder. Iron Man 2016. Boulder, okay. Yep. And so I was probably 15 minutes into that swim and I was like, I don't want to be here. Just get through the swim. And when you get out of the swim, you're going to DNF. We're done. And I was having some stomach issues. Things just felt off. But I got off the bike. I knew my family and friends were going to be there at T1. I even still have a picture. I look at it occasionally of me coming out of T1 and my son's reaching over the fence and giving me a high five. I look happy in the picture, but I was not happy. I was like, just get onto the bike. I know my body. I know I had done this before just get onto the bike and settle in. And it just didn't, <laughs> that, it didn't happen. So I spent 20 minutes at an aid station at mile 10. And it's one of those moments where I think if I hadn't stopped, maybe I wouldn't have seen what I saw because I probably would have been out in front of it or, I'm, yeah. or, or whatnot. But because I stopped for 20 minutes at this aid station to collect myself and figure it out and reframed my thought process too and was just kind of like let's just work aid station to aid station with that still in my mind of if things are going bad I'm done I'm thrown in the towel and I came out of the aid station and I was headed up one of the main roads on that Ironman Boulder course and I came up on a woman who had had a bike crash and was laying in the middle of the road it was so fresh that just one volunteer was on site at that point. There was no emergency personnel. There was a woman laying in the road. And in my mind, I was like, that's a bad day. And I made it through the bike and I got into the run. And what I didn't know until I got into the run was that she didn't make it. She didn't survive her injuries. And it had started rippling through the people racing. And in that moment, I was in such a dark horrible place, but somebody lost their life today. I may have had a bad day on the course, or I may have had a bad day in my head and in my stomach and in my body, but I got to see my son and I got to see my husband and I got to see my friends and I got to cross the finish line. And it made me truly value that I get to do this. This isn't something I have to do, but this is something that I get to do. And I really should not take it for granted because it's so fleeting. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. I don't even know it. Every time I, that's, that's the second time I've heard the story, guys. When you change the dialogue in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's from 
dang, this is what this is doing to me till I get to do this. Y'all see me like I get quieter. It may look like I'm just zoning out because I listen to her, right? And Janelle, like she tells this story. And for me, it resonates because I complained when I'm deployed about being away from my family, about being in the conditions that we were in. And it wasn't until I left after seeing multiple, multiple people being put in this iron casket and loaded on the back of a plane that I started to think I get to live. It may be wrong. It may be bad, but I get to go home. I get to, my kids get to see me. And that's why I want her to tell this story here. And when she told it to me, I was like, that's what we're talking about. That's right. what it is because we do triathlon every day and the dark moments are like what we think we should feel like, what hasn't happened yet or what we would like to happen. That's what it is. It's, it's when you hit that dark moment, it's changing the dialogue in your brain. And that's what she did, right? Man, what does that do to you? Like when you racing and training now, like how does that fuel you moving forward? I think it's always a driving force. And I think that we talked about it last time we talked too, but I had that moment in time in August of 2016 where all of that change and you just really appreciate everything. But what I didn't know was four months later on my way to yoga, I got hit head on at 40 miles an hour by somebody who wasn't paying attention. On and a bike? No, I am in my car. Oh, so, and, <laughs> it, and it's one of those moments where right. I came out of that race, but then you don't know when your life is going to have that moment. And my life had that moment on November 14th. And I, on my way to yoga, I was totally relaxed. I was enjoying my day. I had had a good day. I was going to go check out for an hour. And the universe told me it was time for, it was time for a change. And then I think that moment even changed me so much more. I fueled and it lit a fire in me so fierce that mm -hmm. it was like that whole training cycle up to the race in 2016 was a struggle for me. I was living in a world of, I have to do this, not I get to do this or I want to do this. The race changed that for me, but that moment even in November changed it even further because it was more a case of, wow, I had that moment. I had that moment where it could have been gone. And I was physically broken in that moment. And it became also, well, I'm not going to let somebody else control the narrative here. I'm not done. I had five doctors tell me you're done. And I was like, I'm not done. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not done. And that really fueled me through 2017. That became like a proving ground for me was just like, no, 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 nobody else controls the narrative on this one. There's a fire that is burning so fierce in me right now to prove that this can be done that it, it reignited my passion like that whatever happened in 2016 was out the door in 2017 and it became the comeback is greater than the setback this is going to be my comeback yeah virtual high five virtual high five, virtual mm, high five. bam bam because that's how awesome you are right you deserve a whole bunch of virtual high fives I hope everybody else listening or watching this is seeing the virtual high fives of janelle because she's totally enough and she's knocking it out. She believes in her purpose and she's understanding I get to do this. Matter of fact, that might be the mantra from this episode. When you are having hard times in your life, when things are challenging, when race day is challenging, when you hit the wall, when, and I, and I just did a video this week, when life hits you in your mouth, 
remind yourself, no matter how painful the highest level of discomfort that exists, you get to do this. There are many that don't, that won't, will never experience that. I heard Tony Robbins say, at our poorest level, we still have more than the outside world, the other countries, Mm -hmm. right? And we get to do this. We get to live. You get to have clothes on your back. You get to wear your hokas, right? You get to do these different things. So don't take them for granted. Make the best out of the moment, man. This is a good one. (laughs) I could talk about this all day. I really appreciate that story. For me, when I relive my deployment or the things that I've seen over my career, it's life-changing, right? It's like your spirit changes, right? And the appreciation for life and make you want to go home and hug your kids, right? (laughs) Right, right. And I always say, too, that I do this for him because I think it's important for him to see that even if you fail, you still get up and you keep moving forward. You fall down and you get back up and you dust yourself off and you keep going. Because there's been too many times in my life where the opportunity has presented itself to just quit and stop and shut down and become that couch potato who (laughs) is on Netflix all night long. But I keep getting back up because I don't want him to ever feel that it's okay to quit or it's okay to give up. Maybe there's a time and a place for that and it has to be right, but this isn't the time or the place for it. And I don't ever want to plant that seed in his mind that a small bump in the road is a reason to give up. Never. Yep. That's what it is. If your goal doesn't scare the hell out of you, uh, cause like for our kids, like for me not to set that example scares me. That's what I do. Right. I do. The example is important. Even for my athletes, I need to make sure I'm doing the things that I'm talking about, that I'm telling them to do. It's no different than our children. It's no different than our friends or our family that are watching us right now, how we are dealing with the hard things because it tells them and it empowers them. It's like, I can deal with it just the same. But if right. you lose it, your kids lose it, your friends lose yep. it. And then you right. wonder why your world is like, why am I around a world of chaos? Well, you've created it right here. Before we leave, before we get out of here, what I want to talk about, I want you to give some words of advice. What would you tell somebody dealing with a hard moment in their life right now? They had a hard moment in training or they going through something in their personal lives or even professional. How would you help them get out of that hard, dark moment? Oh, that's a tough one. I think the biggest thing is, is you really just have to understand that we're going to deal with that. We all have those hard moments in training, in racing and whatnot, but it's how you approach that. That's why we do the training. You train for the worst and you hope that you get to race in the best. That's why there's so much training and it's not just physical, it's mental as well. You got to practice being in those elements and in those moments. And I think the hardest part is really just telling yourself, I'm going to do it and having the drive enough to do it. We all have those days where we get up and we're like, no, not today. It, it looks gloomy. It looks like it's going to rain and stuff like that. But it's always that like that first step. You just got to take that first step. You got to be willing and able to take that first step out of the darkness and into the light. And you will always be 100% happy that you did it. And that's the only way you get out of a dark place is to keep moving. You can't stay there. You got to take one step out of the darkness and into the light. You got some solid information here. You got some solid guidance as we move through. And remember, you get to do this. That's what she told you. 
We appreciate you coming, Janelle. And I really thank you for sharing that story. I know that when we tell stories like that, we got to relive them in our minds and our hearts. And Mm -hmm. so I know those things are not always easy, but necessary to help others. And that's what this podcast is all about. And that's what I'm all about. That's what you're all about. That's why we know each other, right? It's about helping each other and building that community that we wanted to join in the first place. That's the whole point of the triathlon community is that camaraderie is literally the part that most people see and decide, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. And they, they're overcoming okay. fears. They're doing things that the other people say you can't. That looks crazy. Let's try it too. And so I want to thank you for sharing your story. I uh, appreciate you coming out. Guys, you got to share this with other people. I know that we all go through some things in life and you have to remind yourself, you get to live, you get to run, you get to be with your family. Some people don't have that. Some people take it for granted and just don't let that be you. So that's all we got for the Triathlete Mindset Podcast. And um, every two weeks we're posting and we want people just like you every day with stories and ways that that you deal with things in life and life lessons that you learn to make you better and to make those around you better at the same time. Don't forget, always remember, you are enough. You just got to believe it. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Find Coach Morgan on social media and at www.morganlattimore.com. Check back every two weeks for new and insightful episodes. Until next time, remember, you are enough. You just have to believe it.